Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Lease Podcast. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Giuseppe and Dan, recapping you guys what happened in Colorado and previewing the week ahead. Let's get started. It's been a long time since we've recorded as a group due to COVID-19. Guys, how are you doing today? Welcome back. Let's start with you, Joe. Yeah, you know what? It's good to be back. I had to take a couple of weeks off there. You know, I got COVID, but you know, we're better, we're healthy, and I'm looking forward to this podcast and the oncoming podcast to come. Dan, what about you? Yeah, I was also on the COVID IR, probably got it from Joe, but we don't know about that. And uh, yeah, but feeling good now and uh, excited to be back. All right. So the Leafs start in Colorado was, uh, you know, really exciting. The Leafs go up four to one. Austin Matthews really turned on the switch, scoring two goals in like a minute. Uh, everything looked good. I was actually really impressed with how the team was playing, uh, given, you know, the circumstances and how good Colorado was coming into this game. Uh, Leafs up 4-1 midway through then. Uh, classic uh, Maple Leafs, I guess, you know, letting uh, the opponent get back into it. Leafs slip up in overtime as, uh, in my opinion, the most underrated defenseman in the National Hockey League, Devon Tace, finishes in overtime. Uh, guys, anything you want to touch up on this game? This game was hard to watch in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just think that, you know, 4-1 leads always make us shaky a little bit ever since 2013. You just can't be sure when they have that lead. But um, I think I think overall it was a good game. The Leafs were going in there with, like, obviously without Marner, a big piece of the team. But uh, I think they still performed pretty well, but obviously they just got to do a better job at closing out the game. Jack Campbell did all he could. Like, he was playing phenomenal. But, yeah. Just, they need to close out the game, play more defensively. Yeah, you know what, then I'm going to add on to that. Campbell was amazing as usual. Uh, as I said last time on the podcast, Matthews, he's scoring in all different ways. He had that backhander in the slot, and then he had the little snapshot one-timer. So, you know, it's good to see the team was playing good. I kind of noticed the defense started to fall apart in the third, but... Yeah, you know what? I guess the Leafs just can't go up 4-1. We saw that, like you said, Dan said in 2013. And we saw that with Ottawa last year. So I guess we just got to move on. We got a big road trip ahead. That is right. The next one, Tuesday night. Tomorrow night is the time of this recording against the Vegas Golden Knights, who are, you know, perceived to be one of the top five teams in the National Hockey League. Uh, the Knights are 23-14-1. and one. They currently sit first in the Pacific. Uh, the Knights' offense is actually fifth in goals uh, league-wide, despite not having a great power play unit. Uh, they're 12-9-1 at home, um, and it seems like Leonard's going to be uh, getting the start here with uh, Rassois on the IR. So, uh, Dan, let's get started with you. Um, how do you think uh, – at least fair in this one. Any bold predictions before we get into it more in depth? Obviously, obviously I'm biased. So I, I'd like to say that the Leafs are going to take that win. 
although Vegas has always always been a strong team ever since they've entered the league, they've always been a top team to contend with. But yeah, I, I think the Leafs will take it. They need to bounce back from that Colorado loss. Yeah, you know what, Dan? I think, like you said, it's it is a bias towards the Leafs for us, but you know, Vegas, they have a high scoring Jonathan Marshall right now with 18 goals, and the Leafs have Austin Matthews. Vegas also has Chandler Stevenson, 35 points tied with Nylander. So you know what? It looks to be like a very high offensive game. It looks to be very exciting. And even the goalies, both are amazing goalies. Uh, Campbell this year, Leonard last year, probably both in the Vesna running. So yeah, I'm really excited to see how it will go. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I should have uh, actually provided thoughts to back up my reasoning, but I guess Joe did that for me. <laughs> well, uh, we'll give you a chance for redemption here. So on the last we recorded, uh, we talked about the two power play system regarding the Leafs. I'm bringing this up again for two different reasons. Uh, the first one being uh, Leafs Forever Twitter was blowing up the last 10 days about how Marner hasn't scored a power play goal in nearly 100 games. And a lot of people were saying, you know, ever since he came back, the power play ones kind of lost their groove. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I agree with that, but the second reason I'm bringing this up is because the Vegas Golden Knights, since they've started getting their players back, have actually installed a two power play uh, balance system with Mark Stone on the second unit and same with Chandler Stevenson. So they kind of spread it out their depth. Uh, what do you guys think about this idea? I'm, I know I asked you last week, but now that we got Marner back and we saw the power play look, uh, Kashe is expected to be back tomorrow. Do you think it should be heavily considered by Sheldon Keefe? Um, you know, obviously I think last time I was on here, I told you guys that uh, I did like like the stacking the one power play, but if it's if it's not working out, maybe it would be a good change to try to do two balanced power play units. I think that would also still work very well based on like how much offensive firepower the Leafs do have. And uh, about Marner not scoring, uh, I think, although it has been a long time, the goals will end up coming, but also he is a very good setup man on his unit. So, yeah. Yeah, you know what, then I'm going to add off that. Marner, I'm not worried what people kind of slander him for not scoring this and that because when you put him and Austin Matthews on the ice together, they're almost unstoppable, especially on the power play. The Leafs power play is super strong. And even running a double power play, like Dan said, the Leafs have so much offensive firepower that it would be possible to kind of split up the firepower, get a strong first line and a strong second line rather than just an all-out first power play. Yeah, uh, I think it'd be, you know, definitely interesting. Um, Kashe, like I said, is expected to play tomorrow night. He's listed officially as a game-time decision. But when he met with the media this morning, he said that he is officially back. So I think Kashe kind of – he fits this power play a little bit better than I think a lot of people thought. And this was why I was so excited for this uh, signing in the offseason. He's such an offensive player. He's really creative. And, uh, you know, his production statistically has gone down um, when he was with Anaheim. But 
the roles that you put him in, if you give him more of this opportunity to explore the offensive zone with more freedom, I think you really get the full effect from him. So I'm not saying that I'm, I want a two unit system because I do agree with what Dan said. I think Marner, um, you know, a lot of people look at the goals, right. And the goal scoring, but Mar what Marner does on the power play, um, you can't just find anywhere else in your lineup. The guy is a superstar league wide. Oftentimes I find, you know, I said this on the last episode that I recorded, uh, Leafs Nation really undervalues Mitch Marner. You know, um, there's not many guys in the league that can make plays like he can, and there's a reason why he's getting paid what he is. I'm sure if you ask the team if they'd want Mitch Marner, they're going to say yes, no matter what he's making on his contract. So, you know, a two-power play unit system, I think it's definitely something to consider. I know they really tried it out last year, splitting up Tavares and Marner and Matthews and Nylander on two different units, but, uh, you know, I think right now is not the best time for it because I think this team is clicking. So, you know, let's just see how the next running goes. Marner's only been back for a short period of time. He's back on the COVID uh, protocol list. So, you know, we're, he's not going to be here tomorrow night. Kashi's back. I think we should see how it goes. But uh, the next thing I want to bring up is, um, like we talked about a little bit ago, the goalie matchup. So it's confirmed already that Campbell's going to start. Uh, he has a 17-5-3 record. Uh, 1.99 goals against average, a 0.936 save percentage with four shutouts going against Robin Leonard, who's 15, 10, and 0. Uh, he has a goals against average of 2.91 and a 0.906 save percentage. So obviously we know Leonard is proven. Um, he's been an NHL elite caliber goalie for the last couple of years now. Uh, really rebounded his career once he joined the Islanders. Uh, ever since then, he's really taken off. So tell me, who do you guys think has the head-to-head -head advantage currently right now? Not over time, because we know that probably goes to Robin Leonard. Um, I'm going to say with right now, even in like the very short like past coming into this game, based on like how we know Campbell plays and like how we know he like operates, it's all between the ears for him, all uh, mental, like depending on like how he's going to play. And just he's coming off such a big game where he's made some incredible saves. He's probably like feeling really good about himself right now. So I think he's going to go into that game with some confidence. I just think Campbell is going to be feeling pretty good about himself going into this game. I think he'll outperform Leonard just based on that. Even though Leonard is a very, very good goalie, it could go either way. But just when Campbell's feeling confident in himself and when he plays the way we know Campbell can play, like he is an outstanding goalie. Yeah, you know what, Dan? I agree with you. I think Campbell right now probably has the upper hand. And I say this for one reason, one reason only, is that the Leafs seem to rely on Campbell a lot. And I feel if Vegas were to put that pressure on Leonard, I don't think as of right now, Leonard would be able to handle it the same way. And, you know, not terrible stats, but just the weaker stats of Leonard compared to Campbell kind of backs up my reasoning, you know the more shots that are thrown in, the more goals he's allowing. But no, you know what? It's both very good goalies and it'll be an exciting one to watch. All right. Just before I go to the second game of the back-to-back, -back, which uh, is going to be least versus the Coyotes, I just want to touch up on uh, Leonard, like you guys were saying. So obviously Robin, um, you know, he's like one of my favorite goalies in the National Hockey League. I love what he's done off the ice. I love his, uh, you know, presence in the mental game and, uh, you know, everything he does for people dealing with mental toughness. Uh, but if you kind of look like what you said, Joe, 
since he went to, you know, the Islanders and he really restarted his career um, going on like an elite level, he's always had that kind of 1A, 1B situation. You know, in New York, he had Thomas Grice. Then in Chicago, he, he had Crawford with him. And uh, when he went to Vegas, he had Flurry, but now Flurry's gone, so he's kind of taking the reins onto himself uh, with Brassois kind of being, you know, that regular backup again. But uh, I agree. I think we're not seeing the best Leonard numbers because I think um, not like wear and tear, but I think because he's hasn't really had the workload he's had to eat in the last few years. I think it's kind of eating uh, at his numbers here, but uh, uh, definitely a f- uh, fantastic goalie. I do agree. I think uh, Campbell has the hot hand right now. I think he's having the better season. I don't think many uh, people are going to disagree with that. So I think Leafs have the advantage in goal tomorrow night. But uh, you can never doubt Robin Leonard because we've seen what he's done in the past. And uh, he can really close out games by himself. So uh, bringing up, like I said, the next game, uh, Wednesday night against the Arizona Coyotes. The Oats the are not very good. <laughs> Let's just get that out. Like, they are 7-23-8. They are currently last in the NHL time of this recording. One point behind our rivals, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you know, Dan, before I go any further with uh, the Coyotes, I know you have plenty of playing experience. Uh, the second game of a back-to-back, do you find it to be, you know, everybody says, oh, like, they give you a bad rep, but how do you feel about playing back-to-backs and on the second? I'm not going to lie. Everyone like thinks playing back to back is like, Oh, it's so tiring. Like it's, it's like pretty hard. And, uh, but I actually, I don't mind playing back to back just because like, you're kind of already in that zone. You're already in like the game zone. So like, it's, uh, like mentally, I find it like kind of easier, obviously you're a little bit more physically tired, but, uh, I find it to be like a little bit more focused, but, um, in terms of the game they're going to play, I think it's like based on this Coyotes team, like it's nothing to be worried about. So it's only the Leafs game to lose. Like if they play the way they can, if they play well, they're going to win the game. If they decide to stoop down to the Coyotes level and play their game, then who knows what could happen? So they, they got to go into it. Like they're playing any other team, like they're playing the top team in the NHL. They can't go into this thinking, Oh, it's the bottom feeder team. We can take the night off and it's a point night. Yeah, you know what, Dan? I agree with you on that one, that the Leafs, they seem to have a mindset of going into games a lot with the wrong attitude. We've heard it in interviews with Sheldon Keith and the team. So you know what? Exactly what you said. You are playing the last team in the league. I'm sure it'll get to some players' heads. But as a whole, I think they just got to play their game, play like they did against Colorado as a top-tier team. And you know what? Don't don't go in thinking you have a free pass because you don't. Because at the same time, it's an NHL team. They can still pull out a win if they had to, if the Leafs aren't playing like they're uh, supposed to. Yeah, this has the definition of a trap game written all over it. Like you said, uh, the Leafs have played down to lesser competition in the past multiple times this season. But... You know, you look at the Arizona lineup, obviously they're dealing with some COVID issues uh, this morning. They placed a couple players on the COVID protocol list. So we don't even know for sure if this game is going to be played on Wednesday night. Um, I'm really hoping it does because I like seeing Matthews uh, in his hometown. You know, I think he plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and uh, I think it's great for the game and especially growing hockey in Arizona. But if you look at the lineup, like I said, there's actually a couple former Maple Leafs uh, 
you know, most uh, recent from last year, uh, you know, forwards like Travis Boyd, Riley Nash, Alex Galchenyuk, and uh, Leafs legend Phil Kessel is also going to be in the lineup tomorrow night so far with the way, uh, you know, the Coyotes stand, not given any protocol recent adjustments. But, uh, you know, this is going to be a fun one. Obviously, I don't expect to see Chikrin. Uh, he's on the IR right now. He might play. I don't think he will, though. Uh, actually, I think he, yeah, he's one of the guys added to COVID uh, protocol. So, no, he won't be playing. But, uh, you know, some former Leafs in the lineup. Are you guys excited to see, uh, you know, some Leaf legends like Phil the Thrill? Yeah, you know what? Honestly, in his last few seasons with Toronto, he wasn't that thrilling to watch. And obviously, you saw the frustration get to him. But you know what? It's always going to be a treat. I think, actually, I think Morgan Riley might be the only teammate he actually have played with. But, you know, even just them, if they get a chance to talk on the ice on a face-off or something. But, no, Phil Kessel, definitely want to watch him play again. It's always a thrill to watch the little snipe show there. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a, always nice to see Castle play. He's like one of the the guys from like my childhood Leafs that I would watch growing up. So seeing him is always always a treat. The Arizona Coyotes, like I said, the opposite of uh, you know a very competitive hockey team, but they do have some pieces that we've mentioned on this podcast about potential trade deadline acquisition players. Guys like Ilya Liabushkin, who are, uh, you know, uh, depth defensemen that I think the Leafs could uh, certainly use. Uh, you know, the Leafs did come out, well, it was a report by Chris Johnston uh, saying how he doesn't expect Dubas to really go all that in at this year's deadline as he's done in uh, seasons prior. Uh, so, you know, obviously these are going to be more minor moves, it sounds like, this year due to the Leafs' uh, low amount of draft capital. So, Leah Bushkin's going to be playing. Um, so that's a guy to look out for. But to watch out for, now I don't think this is a trade deadline guy for the Leafs, but to watch out for it, you've got to be careful for Shane Gossespierre. Uh, Gossespierre had a phenomenal rookie season with Philly. He looked like he was going to be the next superstar in Philadelphia. Got shipped out after, you know, going the opposite direction in Philly. Uh, he's really had a turnaround season here in Arizona. Most of that is counting stats-wise. Uh, you know, they're deploying him on uh, the top power play role and really uh, quarterbacking it. He's done really well, and he's done really well at, at that job for most of his career, despite what he's done uh, on 5v5 play, especially in his own end. But the biggest player, in my opinion, to watch out for tomorrow night is Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller. Uh, Keller's yeah. on a heater right now. The guy is scoring at will, but another player that's really flying under the radar is Johan Larson, the second line center for Arizona, currently slotted right now. The guy just had a hat trick against Chicago, an amazing two-way def- uh, centerman, really plays the game well. He's quick. Um, you know, he can play in his own zone. Uh, you know, really what you want out of a center, especially when you're building a franchise up from, uh, you know, the start. Uh, is there anybody you guys are going to be watching out for tomorrow night? Because we know the game right now doesn't sound too appetizing with given uh, Arizona status. Uh, yeah, you know what, Josh? I'm just going to say, as you already said, Clayton Keller. He's probably on the Coyotes, one of my favorite players to watch because he's young, very talented. And he's always a fantasy pickup for me whenever I uh, start a draft. But yeah, you know, he's got 26 points right now in just under, or in 33 games. So 
you know what? He's not on a terrible pace, especially for this struggling Coyotes team. And you know what? Especially with a lot of talent missing tomorrow from the team, he's got more of a burden on his back. So let's see what he can do. Yeah, well, I'd probably go the same as you guys, Clayton Keller. Like, there's not too many, like, big-name guys to watch on that team. But whenever you think of Arizona, you, that name always kind of pops in your head. And so, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for Keller. So, uh, in that matchup, it's, you know, pretty obvious. It looks like Morazic's going to start it. Uh, he's going to go against, I would assume, Vegmelka, who, you know, credit to him, honestly. Young goaltender. He's really embraced this opportunity, uh, like we've talked about Arizona is not very competitive but he's had some really good performances and he's definitely not one to blame for their season um Razik's gonna get an opportunity here against you know a team that's uh definitely not the best offensively uh do you guys think this is a big game for him because Sheldon did sound like he's not gonna get many starts uh with how many games the Leafs have the Leafs have remaining in January well like, if Campbell's been hot, I'd say, like, you got to roll Campbell. Like, I think that's kind of, like, understandable. Like, he understands the level he's playing. He's playing professional hockey. If, if they have one really hot goalie, they're not going to just filter the other guy in, like, every other game just because. Like, they're going to – like, this is, like, their job. They have to play, like, what's going to work best for them, what's going to have them win. And if that's Campbell at the moment, then he's got to understand that. But I do think Morazic is also a very good goalie, and I think – he will perform really well against Arizona. And uh, yeah, I've actually got the chance to see him live when they were playing Detroit. And yeah, it, it, he just looked solid the whole game. So I, yeah, I think he'll be all right. You know what, Dan? I'm going to build on that. I agree with you. I think we brought Morazic in to kind of play a tandem role with Campbell. But obviously with his injuries, Campbell took on the starter position and he's killing it so far. So I think Mrazic still has a little bit to prove with his play as he's only played three games. But you know what? This is a good opportunity to play against the struggling Coyotes. Hopefully this is like a booster game for his statistics and uh, just to kind of impress the coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, Campbell's been, you know, you can't even describe how good of a season he's really had here. I don't think anybody expected uh, him to come in and, you know, keep playing this elite level hockey this far into the uh, regular season. Definitely going to be tough to resign uh, after this season. But, um, you know, Mrazek and his 3.8 million was definitely paid to be that kind of not backup goalie, but that 1B where he kind of gets, you know, maybe 30 starts, uh, potentially even, you know, a 40 40 split with uh, Jack. If, I, if they were both healthy, obviously. But, um, you know, with the way the Richie situation went, I saw a lot of people bashing Dubas for, you know, Yaz, that's about over $5 million there in cap space that uh, hasn't been, you know, the greatest for the Leafs this year. But what he's done with the other depth signings, um, you know, you really can't bash him. Uh, I think Kyle did a great job putting this team together, giving, uh, you know, the cap, uh, you know, how tight this team is with the cap and uh, – you know, I, I just don't think it's fair to criticize Dubas uh, with how Morazic's really gone. Because, you know, yeah, there was injury concerns and we really have seen, you know, how that's translated. And he's obviously missed a lot of time with two significant injuries now. But uh, I think this is a great opportunity for Morazic here. I think he can kind of show 
uh, you know, Belize that he is ready to get some starts. Obviously, Campbell's been on a heater as well. So, you know, you, like Dan said, you can't just bench Jack. But uh, I think this would be a great opportunity for Morazic to, you know, give the coaches some confidence in his play. And, uh, you know, maybe here and there give him the occasional start instead of waiting for a back-to-back opportunity like this. So with that, um, the, the last little bit of this uh, weekly preview, I'm going to talk about the game on Saturday night. Obviously, this one we're just going to go a little bit into, um, try and get an episode of this game out later on in the week because, you know, it's still uh, Monday afternoon uh, at the time of recording this, and the game is not until Saturday night, so there's still lots of time in between. But the St. Louis Blues have placed uh, some players on COVID protocol uh, today. I believe it was guys like Braden Shen and Colton Pareko. So definitely, you know, not just uh, uh, fill-ins throughout the lineup. It's going to be interesting to see if this game does get played. Obviously, we got to see how the week goes. That's why I don't want to forecast too much into it. But, um, you know, St. Louis has been a tough out at home. They are 14-3-2 at home. Uh, definitely a very good hockey team this year. Really flew under the radar in the offseason. You know, a lot of people thought with their team kind of being a bit older and heavier and uh, with Tarasenko wanting out, this team has really shown the opposite. And, uh, you know, they have 21 wins so far this season. Anything you guys want to talk about before we do a, a dive in to this game alone later on in the week? Uh, yeah, I'd say the first thing is I guess I have to put Braden Shen on my IR if that's the case on fantasy because I had no idea. I'll be browsing the free agency. But, yeah, St. Louis is uh, looking like a pretty good team. Maybe like their Stanley Cup contending team. <laughs> but, um uh, yeah, no, I don't really got much to say about them. I haven't really got a chance to watch them too much, but I've been like keeping up with their standings and stats and they're looking like they're playing pretty well. Joe, you got anything to add? Yeah, you know what, Dan? I noticed too, like, I haven't really watched much of St. Louis, but, you know, you look at the stat line, you see players like Cairo, Tarasenko, Buchnevich, who are all point per game. And you got Bennington, who doesn't seem to be too scared in the net. He's not putting up amazing stats, but you know what? He is doing very well this season. And yeah, Josh, as you said, these guys at home right now are killer. So the Leafs, especially after being on the road for three games prior, they'll uh, they'll have to put up a fight because, you know, not being at home for a while, it does take a toll on the players. So I guess we'll have to see. Yes, it is going to be a very exciting matchup in my opinion. Uh, all right, before we end this episode, um, I just want to do kind of a last little prediction here. So we'll start off with Dan. Dan, give me what you think the final scores are going to be in Vegas, Arizona, and then just a wild prediction on what happened on Saturday night uh, as we look at it a week from now. Oh, so Vegas and Arizona kind of put me in the spot. Okay. I think the Leafs will beat Vegas. I think it's going to be a bit high scoring. I think it'll be, I'll say, 5-4 or 5-3. I'll go with 5-4. And then Arizona. And did you say St. Louis too? Yeah, give us like uh, a wild uh, guess before uh, we go in-depth in that matchup. Okay, well, based on the fact that the Leafs are my favorite team, I'm saying they're winning all three. <laughs> and I'll say they, they play their game. They play well against Arizona, so they're going to beat them, I'll say, 4-1. 4-1 or 5-1. I'll go 5-1, actually. Confident. <laughs> And then I think it's going to be close one against St. Louis again. I'll go 3-1 St. Louis. Or 3-1 for the Leafs against St. Louis. 
Uh, if you know what, for me, I think the Leafs against Vegas is going to kind of be a blowout for the Leafs. I don't know why. I think coming off a coming off a good game, but a loss against the very hot Colorado Avalanche, the Leafs are going to be looking to strike hard. And they know Vegas is a good opponent, so they're not going in here with an easy matchup. So I think that's going to be like a 4-1, 4 nothing game. And then I think, like I said, the Leafs being the Leafs, they're going to go into Arizona thinking too easy of that match, and it's going to be a close game, something 2-1, 2-2 into overtime. I still think the Leafs will win. And then against the Blues, same thing. Probably like a good mid-scoring game, something 3-2, 4-3, because, you know, both teams are very good, and the Leafs are on the road trip. So, yeah, this week looks pretty interesting, honestly, but let's hope we can get the three wins this week. Yes, let's hope for a 3-3 three and three out of the win column. I think uh, the Leafs in Vegas tomorrow night, I don't want to be biased. I'm going to go straight hockey opinion here. Uh, I think, uh, you know, oh, this is tough. I think Toronto loses to Vegas six to four on Tuesday night. Uh, I think the Leafs are going to blow the tires off of Arizona and they're going to win seven to three and, uh, just a wild, uh, guess for Saturday. I'm going to say St. Louis wins that one three to two. Just, wow. just straight off, uh, you know, non-bias, but I do hope for three wins out of three wins. But I, I, I yeah. thought, you know, the group here is uh, mostly confident, so I yeah. tried to balance it. Just can't, just can't, uh, I can't vote against my, my team, so. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, gotta exactly. I'll never. Wrong. Yeah. Exactly. That's something you gotta prove them wrong. Exactly. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I was really happy to have you guys back on the show. Uh, looking forward to the next episode. Uh, go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go. Leafs. go.